0: Spaces between spaces, and lines between lines. She stands in the doorway beyond space and time. His body should
1: hit right about in here. Right, good evening and welcome to indicator episode 26 uh tonight we're here to discuss uh the last movie and uh very excited to be talking about this this dennis hopper film and tonight we're here joined with uh tony tony mitches how are you doing sir all
0: right thank you john how are you going in this lockdown week
1: uh, yeah doing okay and and thankfully um you know Doing stuff like this, watching movies, is helping me take my mind off it, so not bad. Yeah, not bad. Yep, not bad. And also in lockdown, the Lockdown Club, Mr Ryan Kendall, how are we, sir? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Um,
2: yeah, Melbourne, I think Melbourne has the most lockdown days in the whole
1: world. Yep, yeah, I think you guys are. And, and the some of the <laughs> toughest restrictions, I think.
2: Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, we'll get there. I'm still alive. It's all good.
1: We will. We will. Um, cool. So, yeah, we, we thought we'd um talk about... Because um, we haven't done one of these in a while, so I thought we'd discuss a yeah. film from the Indicator Catalog. So, uh, the last movie. Hold it! And
0: she picks the flowers... Out in the rain and and she says she loves me and you know I can't complain. Four six Charlie, take three. Um, Please, please And uh, movies have bring here violence, and I don't like it.
1: So I think we all kind of just agreed upon it. Um, any particular reason we picked it, or is it just um, do you think it just stood um,
2: out? I think it stood out plus because I mentioned the documentary American Dreamer, and uh, it's pretty much about the editing of this film. Yep. Because it was kind of a big thing, you know, because Easy Rider was a massive hit. And then just like, all right, Dennis Hopper, you can have some money now. Make this film. And okay. so I guess and it took him a year to edit. So I guess they've just got a crew in. And he sort of refused to crew uh, t- once or twice until he said, oh, okay, you can come over and film me.
1: Because <laughs> he, he uh, had complete control over this, essentially. Complete artistic control. Mm, Easy yeah. Rider. Wow, you know, Easy Rider made like 30 million, like 60 know. million. So, 60 million actually, Oof. yeah, I <laughs> know it, it was a $400,000 budget, and this
2: was mm-hmm. $850,000. Oh, so. And so, um, so universal, so, um, yeah, yeah, this, uh,
0: yeah, this film was made just under a million dollars. It's one of the, um, it was one of the universals, um, Mm. Main gimmicks, you know, like um give five filmmakers one million dollars yeah. each and they have complete creative control to do whatever yeah. they want. And the and Dez Hopper's The Last Movie was one of them. And the other four, I believe, were um Peter Fonda's The Hired Hand, yep. Milos Milosh Foreman's Taking Off, Silent Running by Douglas Trumbull, and um American Graffiti by George Lucas.
2: Yep. Mm. Wasn't the last picture I show think, a part of it too?
1: Or was I dreaming?
0: Uh, last picture was Columbia. That wasn't that was a good okay.
1: I think I think the other, I think n Two Lane Blacktop was another one. Yes, Two Lane Blacktop, of course. Yeah. Mm. So, so um, just just a wonderful time in American cinema where they trusted the director, which is something we yeah. don't really see anymore. Um, but it's interesting mm. that we we can get in the background of the story, because um essentially this film Yeah, was the last movie for dance hopper for a while um because Mm -hmm. kind of killed his career but um but just wondering when did you guys first come across the last movie did you um uh, when did you hear about it just curious um probably this release to be honest (laughs) yeah
2: this release yeah
0: well, a friend of mine was telling me about Dennis Hopper's um, movie. That was one of the, was telling me about this Dennis Hopper film. He asked me if I've seen it. I go, no, I haven't. And he says, we, well, you, you know, Indicator are releasing a deluxe edition of it. I'll be getting a few copies. I'll, I'll hold you when you have to see it. I go, Great. Okay. So I saw it, and um, I saw the yeah. The first time I saw it was with this, is this Indicator release, and. Mm. It was unique to say the least, but it was quite, but it was, but it's definitely a fascinating film to watch.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So it's the same for me. Look, it, um, I have heard about it and I think um, years, because I think I was going through a bit of a Dennis Hopper phase um, Probably about 10 years ago or so, or maybe a little, yeah, about nine or eight years ago. And and I just, um, I could not find this movie, I, I just gave up because it was on this filmography and I, I just could not find it anywhere, could not find a decent copy. Um, there was no official release of this film, I don't believe, on DVD, um, or, or Blu ray. No, I don't think so. No,
2: no not no, on no, Blu ray. This is the
1: first Blu ray, but um, even on TV, I don't, I don't, I don't
2: think. think so. No,
1: um, so I, I looked, um, because I read about it and um, yeah, it had its own you know, Wikipedia article and everything, but I, I just couldn't find it, so I just gave up. And then um, yeah, amazing because because it kind of paid off because not only did I get to see it, but I got to see it in a deluxe package uh, from Indicator. So uh, pretty interesting timing. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's a very very odd film. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean obviously the backstory. So he got all this money to go off and, and make a film in Peru, is where it was shot. And yeah, um.
2: um... Shodorowski actually mentioned him, mentioned to Dennis to go to Peru because um he was looking for locations in Mexico but couldn't find anything, mm. and um yeah just like, a hand paint you go to Peru? And it's really weird when I'm watching this film, I get like Al Al to- Topo vibes and the yeah, Last Picture Show vibes. <laughs>
0: yeah, you do get those vibes, especially the Al Topo ones, absolutely.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is there is a lot of similarities, especially with um, uh, Maria. She reminds me of the sort of the female, one of the females in El Topo for some reason. <laughs> Don't know uh, why, um, but
2: she probably was. If this was uh, filmed in Peru, they probably got Peru actors. Right? Um, same, same. Was, El Topo was 1970. Yeah, 1969, 1970. Yeah. Nine, 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 yeah, that's one
0: of Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Probably Jodorowsky. Probably just like, yeah, go to Peru. Here's some people I know. Yada yada. Yeah, go make it. And, exactly.
1: But it's it's quite a fascinating production, and um, and yeah. So he he basically had a million to shoot the film, and um, and and apparently I don't know like there was a script, but apparently Dennis kind of just really worked without a script, and a lot of it was improvised. while mm. the acting, so he kind of kind of see yeah. that.
2: He had um the treatment and a script and all that. I think the script was 119 pages. I've been reading the book. Um, the script was like the treatment was 90 pages, I think, and uh, the script was 119. And yeah, there was a point in the book where it's like then it just didn't work off a script. <laughs> I was like, yeah,
1: like, oh, fair I, enough. I think his producer or screenwriter was like giving him the script, like just yeah, hang on to the script. You need the script. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly what's next like they've got no idea so um but yeah so i mean it, it, it's an interesting film like I, I mean how i mean how would you describe it like it, it's a bit of a there's a movie oh. within a movie i mean it's yes yeah, it's, the... it's, it's...
0: yeah i consider it a, a movie within a movie within a movie but um mm. that's also a, i think um dennis hopper's attempt to make a Jean-Luc Godard film. I think, I believe, because he said that himself at the um, video introduction.
2: Yes. Okay.
0: And because, like, basically, this is what he says, a film with a beginning, a middle, and an ending, but not in that particular order.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that saying. Um, In the booklet, on, like, page nine, there's a thing that Dennis Hopper's just, like, he talks about what the film's about a little bit in the blurb, It's called The Last Movie, and it's a story about America and how it's destroying itself. The hero is a stuntman in a lousy western. My character, Kansas, stays behind when the company leaves because he wants to settle down in a little abode hut. But he's taken over by phony dreams of building a big tourist hotel, an airport, even of building a ski run where it never snows, of finding gold and making a million dollars. He's Mr. Middle America. He dreams of big cars, swimming pools, gorgeous girls. He's so innocent he doesn't realise he's living out a myth. Nailing, nailing himself to a cross of gold, but the Indians realise it. They build a camera out of junk and reenact the movie as a religious rite. To play the victim in the ceremony, they pick up the stuntman. The end is far out. Mm. That's pretty much the whole gist of the film. and Kind yeah. of what it's about. Because it is, like, re- referencing the last movie because um, Alex Cox loves this film and he's, like, written the whole book about it. And he's pretty much saying that, like, the last movie and this film are almost the same because it's sort of, like, a loss of innocence or innocence disappearing in a way that the last movie everyone's, like, disbanding. And the, you know, the year's out, school's finished, we all have to be adults, and this one, Dennis Hopper, like, doesn't want to be an adult in a sense. Mm. he just wants to live free and not even though he has all these big dreams he still wants that free um i guess hippie life
1: that that sums up really well and i was about to say like the hopper character is meant to i guess represent the white the white man because he's he's not a like i mean he's not an he's not a good he's not a nice guy essentially he's not a Mm. and he just very arrogant he um uh, you yeah, know, drinks invades the land. You know, takes the women, <laughs> essentially, um, and just kind of. Uh, I think it was also saying just like the sort of the rape and I think I've read I've read somewhere else was kind of like the rape and pillage of just I'm sorry colonialism mm. where they just come in and uh, take over land. Essentially, these people's their town has been taken over by this this movie set. Essentially, they've just mm. come in and taken over, and which which is interesting. So yeah, interesting about that that, um, but. I was gonna say, I really like the um the opening with the the actual the film, like with Sam Fuller, that's pretty cool. yeah, that was awesome. I want it legitimate and different and better than it's ever been done. When I squeeze off a couple of shots at you, you take it, hit it, and hit it hard. I want balls when you die. All right, let's roll them. All right. Action.
2: I right. And Sam Fuller's just like, how do you want me to act? It's like, I don't teach you how to direct. You direct your own film. I'll direct my film. And then Sam Fuller's like, all right. <laughs> I'll just do my own thing then. Yeah,
0: like with... um, Oh, sorry.
1: Go ahead, John. I'll just say, yeah, the, the actual movie, like the movie is really cool. But um, go ahead, Tony.
0: Uh, well, I was going to say was that um, with um, Dennis Hopper's fascination with the... With the Peruvian natives, you know, reenacting the movie is because um, a similar incident happened with him when he was doing a movie called um,
2: yeah,
0: what was it, it was, called again? It was a western
2: yeah. film. Yeah, um, west.
0: Oh, the Sons of Katie Elder. Yeah. And um, yeah. After the movie was over, the the nat- the local the indigenous natives in that area would were make, were enacting, were reenacting a, a movie. Mm. Movie ritual, which is basically what the, what you see in the in the movie, the last movie, is what really happened when they were making the Sons of Katie Elder. The, like they, the the natives made cameras out of sticks. And yeah, they, they just, just became
2: fascinated with it, didn't they? It, they did. It, it, yeah, they just like reenacted things like, oh, that looks cool.
0: Mm, but instead, but they don't understand that the violence, they like, like they they, they actually really punch somebody, but they, but <laughs> but they don't know movie punching. They don't you don't punch anyone in real life but um they actually tend to do real violence which was actually quite disturbing at times
1: oh, They they get carried away yeah. yeah they do they do that's it's and uh, one thing about hopper yeah i forgot like hopper like like i'm watching old westerns and he just pops up all the time in a lot of mm-hmm. old westerns. i keep forgetting that hopper was in a lot of westerns back in the day before his, um, you know, sort of easy writer career. Uh, before that he he just show up and like, oh shit, Stanis Hopper. There he is. Mm. Yeah, he did a few um heaps of B-grade stuff. What he I was heard. he was also
0: in Giant. In
2: mm, of, yeah, know, Giant and uh, Rebel Without a Cause and stuff mm. too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but no, so it's yeah, so it, uh, I guess it opens like the movie within a movie and I guess like the, the crew kind of wraps up and and like I said, it's, it's, I it, like I said, really like the actual the western itself within the movie. I actually think it's it's, it's really unique. And um, but then yeah, obviously like you said, uh, Kendall the crew kind of wraps up and goes home, and he he kind of hangs around this this village essentially in Peru, and um, uh, has this this love interest Marie or well, Maria, your name. Is, or, yeah. Yes. Now Marie. she uh was it suggested that she was uh, like a a prostitute or something, or did I kind of misread that? Or did ever well, <laughs> sort of like I think yeah. she
2: is, or she works there
1: at the, at the brothel place. Yeah, like, yeah, because
2: I do remember like Dennis saying, telling her to get a job, and then the next scene, it's at a brothel.
1: But I don't yeah. know if that's
2: just a weird edit that Dennis does that just like a, makes it a bit confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: could be a weird edit. Yeah, I don't know. But the one interesting fact that i found out while watching this film was you probably remember, you probably know the infamous um love scene at the waterfalls. Mm. According to Dennis Hopper, that sex scene is actually real. It wasn't simulated. Oh. Yeah, figures. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: what it, it was. <laughs>
0: i couldn't believe it like um that's what he said back in the he said uh, uh i don't i don't mean to be offensive here but i'm just quoting what i read no. um <laughs> oh she was just wet so i went there so i just went for it that was his words <laughs> and um yeah unfortunately yeah so, so apparently that sex scene was real it wasn't simulated in any way which was it's
2: uh, it's funny because it's really not a long sex scene it's like you just see a good like five seconds of it, and then it just mm. cuts away to waterfalls.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's funny the kids kind of walk by.
2: And...
1: Yeah, that 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 was actually quite. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. And um, Thomas <laughs> Milan is the priest, and the priest. I love that.
1: <laughs> a role so cool. that was written for him. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I think it's a, a great cast, but there's a lot, and there's hmm. a lot of faces in this film. Like I said, there's um, like and I didn't Stonewell. realize. You know, Yes, yeah, mm. uh, Yeah, Peter like Peter Fonda's in it. Uh, Chris, mm. Christopherson, young, a young yeah. Chris Christopherson, young, yeah. And I think um, it,
2: his song "Me and Bobby McGee" that's his recording of the song. Is it ah,
1: yes, yes, yes.
2: Because I because I I think a lot of people actually um know the, I guess cover, from Janis Joplin. Yeah, Janis yeah. Joplin cover.
0: Yeah, that's the original one by Chris Christopherson, and also. Yeah. And also in the movie was um, Michelle Phillips from The Mamas and the Papas.
2: And Tony
1: Basil.
0: And Tony Basil, yes.
1: And, yeah. Yes, uh, a younger Tony Basil. I'm yeah, sure.
2: like a Hey Mickey Tony Basil. God, I hate that song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it was the 80s, <sighs> expect.
1: <expensive. laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But so so many, um, yeah, so many actors and, 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 and such a mm. cast and... And I think there was a scene that they were talking about. It was quite interesting how he's um, how he's walking through that that party, and and it's kind of like there's different groups, like the younger generation, the older generation, and they're only, they've got their own music playing at that party. And he starts to to break down and cry. So mm. uh, quite an interesting scene. That, that's mm. it. But yeah, so then the film just kind of like goes off, and it's and it kind of just drifts along. Like like, and, and you were mentioning um, earlier that the editing, like. Um, uh, like like Tony, like the editing itself is it's quite unusual. Like it's very unorthodox the editing, and I think it's like I said it is a, a bit ahead of its time. Like I didn't know many films at the time, but but I think Tony, like you were saying, kind of Godard style, like yeah, sort of editing, yeah. Like,
2: so. French New Wave stuff,
1: very experimental, definitely.
2: Was it um Jodorowsky actually did um a cut of the, of the film as well, but um Dennis is like. I like your artistic approach, but we won't use it. Thank you, though.
1: <laughs> Didn't he, like, the original cut was, like, six hours or something? That's what I read. He turned in, and then uh, they had to... Well, I mean, it went through so many different edits.
2: Yeah, actually, I do remember reading that. Yeah, like, it, it, he shot
0: 40 hours worth of footage. Yeah. So, um... Jeez. To cut it down to, the, to its current one hour and 48 minutes, it must have been... It took it, As you said, Kendall, it took over, an hour, over a year to...
1: And it's so wow yeah exactly Crazy. yeah it's insane because um because apparently the original cut was a, a more straightforward narrative like narrative apparently and then um then obviously mm. yeah, opinions and influences kind of make it more disjointed so the the film is disjointed, but it does have a flow, and and it's I think it's a real love it or hate it type film. If you can get into the style and the the feeling of it, you'll you'll definitely enjoy it. But um, some people it might just be a bit too jarring that the, the constant edits and really um, yeah, like I said, experimental editing. definitely. Yeah, like only
0: one director that I can think of that does this type of experimental enti- editing. story now is Terrence Malick. Yeah. He's yeah. like especially with um The Tree of Life and um
2: thin red line thin red line He doesn't care about anyone's acting.
0: No. And um,
2: <laughs> I love him. New
0: World. Oh my oh my goodness. And Song to Song, one of his last films that that was released. That was just that answer was just whew all over the place. <laughs> but but yeah, but with but yeah, but with the last so yeah, it was fascinating. The way that directors tend to edit their films to show you the movie ever. Mm. It would be nice to have a straight narrative, but well, you can't kind't argue with what the artist wants, I guess.
1: Uh, no, it, exactly. but it's I think Hopper, it, it, you know, he did say that he felt it was a bit ahead of its time. and I have to agree, look, it really is it really is out there because, like I said, stuff like Malik's doing in his more recent films, like, you know, yeah, Hopper was doing this 50 years ago. Like it was, it was, it, it wasn't unheard of in a in a uh, European sense, but in, a, in an American type cinema, like this sort of real out there type editing, and um, for a major film, like a major studio film, was quite unheard of. So I think it was, it just could not connect with audiences. I think it was just a bit too out there for mm. the thing as well. But but yeah, um, but yeah. So the journey kind of continues, and they end up. Um, uh, him and Marie obviously go on and they meet um, like uh, another couple, like um, like another American, I, I guess, tourists who were there as well, and within the town. And and that's when they take them to the brothel, and that's quite an interesting scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was an
0: interesting
1: scene. Um, well, they do the sex show. Sex show, yeah. And, and once again, I think it's what Hop is trying to say, just like you know, kind of. You know, rape and pillage of, of the land just what they want to get get out of it um just just using the people and um and he doesn't really seem to see uh you know that like i said he's, he's not he's not a good person because he's he's hitting on that obviously that um that, that housewife as well so
0: <laughs> which,
1: <laughs> yeah right uh, after mm. in a fur coat um but uh but yeah it, it just it just kind of goes off and um unusual places it's like hopper i guess the whole idea of his films like he tries to let me get straight he's trying to take like destroy the set and then they actually want to put him in in the movie Mm. and just like want to film like a fake movie i guess that's the whole idea behind Mm. i think so but uh yeah he towards the end he uh they put him in a movie and um once again it's disjointed but it's it's like you know you can't tell if what's going on if he's he's really dying or not for example so it, mm. it kind of goes off a bit but uh, in the
2: book it, there's a whole like oh sorry tom no go ahead uh, ryan please no no because i was gonna like talk about the in the book there's a whole like shooting schedule
0: yeah go ahead
2: you, you talk uh, about that. that's okay uh, well um see i can go through the whole buddy um shooting schedule week by week yeah Eight weeks. Um, all right, so on the seventh 70- is an insert from the book. Yeah. <laughs> Reading inserts from books now. We should yeah. do that more often, I think. That'd be good.
0: It is a good idea.
2: Show people what they missed out on when they didn't go uh, Limited.
1: Ha-ha.
2: <laughs> 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 uh, um, on 17th of December 1969, Paul produced a shooting schedule for the pitcher. Like all of his schedules, this one is clear, practical, minimalist. The first week from 26 jan to the 31st of jan 1970 was to be spent on the village movie set in chinchero filming the making of the imaginary western the silent gun the second week from 2nd of feb to the 7th of feb was to be shot in cusco featuring scenes uh scenes at texas house as late as december 69 the character was still called tex including the goodbye party and his attack on Maria. Uh, weeks three and four, 9th of Feb to 14th of Feb and 16th of Feb to the 21st of Feb, were back in Chinchero, featuring the Cargo Cult movie crew and the Dark Fiesta. Week five, uh, 23rd of Feb to 28th of Feb, covered incidental scenes, including the River Waterfall and Maria's parents' house. Most of this material was not used in the film. Week six, the 2nd of March, the 7th of March, featured some driving scenes with Tex and Maria, including the one where they see a car carrying a murder victim and the funeral scene. Week seven, the 9th of March, the 14th of March, involved Roby, the Andersons, and the visit to the hall house. Paul planned to wrap the first unit crew at the end of this week. Week eight, and the final week, Uh, 16th of March to the 21st of March would be a reduced unit filming Tex and Roby's search for gold. The production would wrap on 21st of March through four insert shots remained, though four insert shots remained to be covered by a second unit in LA. There you go. Mm.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there, there was, and the thing is like, there was so much more shot that Mm. final version and i think they said he had his own version as well which i that wasn't on the disc i'm not sure that's available anymore but um, yeah Um. a lot lot shot there is that subplot where he's his him and his friend they're trying to look for gold that's pretty pretty funny
2: Mm, mm. it's like a middle of the film where they just like change where he starts to work on his dreams
0: yeah, they're discussing the movie The Treasure of Sierra Madre, mm. and um, yeah, and that's um, Dennis Hopper's favorite movie, I believe. So
2: yeah, apparently, it's his own Sierra Madre.
1: But yeah, it's uh, like I said it's it's definitely unique. It's it's trying to say a lot of things, but once again, whether the audience gets it or not, that's that's a that's another thing. I mean, there there are a lot of themes running through it. Um,
0: the thing that fast the thing that fascinated me was um, was the, as you, as we said earlier the, the scenes that with Sam Fuller directing and uh, mm, yeah I loved those moments and then the one thing I I found fascinating was that you actually see the title of the last movie like twenty six twenty seven minutes into the movie
1: yeah yeah because it kind of caught me off guard because I thought. Well, we actually hadn't seen the title sequence, but I thought I had earlier because it had the introduction to Sopper, you know, and, uh, yes. yeah, the and yeah, movie starts after yeah twenty minutes or so, you know. uh, and and there's a whole bunch of different sort of things he did. Once again, going back to the editing, like in um, there's obviously that that missing scene which is quite infamous.
0: Yeah, scene missing. Yes. Scene missing. Yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, so much so that um yeah. Uh, Alex Cox decided to name the documentary uh, you know, "Scene Missing" based after it because of that missing scene. So, yeah, he, he does a lot, a lot with it. Um, but, but yes, it's uh, yeah, there is there is a lot to it. But. Um, I guess it gets more wild towards the end of it when, like I said once again, the, the, the movie is being shot. I can. I'm I'll... trying to
2: think because it was. In, I, I was. Um, he's talked about it in American Dreamer, and I'm like, God, what did he say? I'm trying to remember. Oh well.
1: Because American Dreamer, that was also hard to see for a while. too, that documentary, which. Um... It
2: was. It was a lot of this stuff was just like hidden away, essentially until the late 80s listen um and then i think they started showing it as a double bill yeah.
1: because it, it was essentially buried um i mean yeah I'll just because because universal tried to um you know pretend it really didn't exist essentially tried to hide it
2: yeah I guess they, they weren't really happy with it because they didn't understand it. Which no. is disappointing. It's it's a good film. I like it. As it as as disjointed as it may seem or look, it as it is good. It is um there is um things there. It's so yeah. thinking it's a it was a, it's a thinking person's film.
1: It is, yeah and like i said it you know it may seem disjointed once again i think just because the editing and, and the way he put it together but like i said th- there is there is a, a movie there in it within it and uh, i think it was just you know audiences weren't ready for it and it was just too far ahead of its time oh um, yeah was, uh, bomb. yeah it's right.
0: definitely it's definitely a love it or hate it film i'm in the middle of that one i think it's good but not great but it could have been better with as we said with the editing but yeah, I, I'm in the middle with that one, between love and
1: hate. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I guess like overall, like, like, what do you think of the last movie, um, Tony? You're kind of in the middle. Split. I'm in the
0: middle. I, I I did like it. There were some amazing shots and some amazing sequences, but all in all, I'm in the middle.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's a very stunning film as well in terms of just visuals, just the oh, amount, the yes. scenery. I think that's what I said about Dan hopper like he should he should have been a painter because he was very uh, particular about the way he shot things like an artist so he you know mm. some of the shots do look like paintings like it's it's kind of you know, it, you know Barry Linden style very very nice uses mm. uh,
2: there was a part in the book where he um, sold a few of his paintings to get finance for um, something for the film just to get money because he was um after that um After he shot uh, that, um, what we were talking about, Tony, that Western film that John Wayne... Oh,
0: The Sons of Katie Elder?
2: Yeah, is that, he had, like, problems with the director and he was just, like... Because he was known as a rebel back at that time and he just had problems with that director. And I think it was the final scene of the final shoot. um, The director told him to, like, walk over here and pick up a cup and do the scene like this. And Dennis did it, like, 86 different times... And it's all, like, different ways he gave the, like, he he wanted to give the director choices and all that, but he just, like, wouldn't do as the director said until he did as the director said, and the director's like, sit, cut, rap. (laughs) And it was just, like, a sort of a way to show that, like, you may be a rebel, but I'm the boss kind of thing. Yep. Mm. And all the executive people were there and shit, and, like, I think he got blacklisted. For a bit. And so he did like yeah, that's probably why you see him in heaps of um Westerns and all that. He just did heaps of B movies and what have you. Raising money until um until what was it? He was with Roger Corman. He did um the trip. He was in the trip and that's where he met Peter Fonda. That's where he met Peter Fonda. Um the writer Stephen Stuart Stern. Sorry, um I I think he wrote Rebel Without a Cause. I believe that I just quickly read in the book and that's, they wrote this together. So they've been writing it
1: for a while. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Easy Ride originally, I think um, he, from what I heard from memory that he pitched it to Corman and Corman kind of turned it down and then yeah. he, he took it to Columbia and the rest is history. So yeah. <laughs> it was a big success.
2: Yeah. Cause he got the idea from that, um, that Peter Fonda film that he did with Corman, riding the Hell's Angels, right? With the, something riding with angels and demons or some shit. That Roger Corman film with Peter Fonda, can't remember it. Hell on Wheels, I think it yeah. Be. That one, that Peter Fonda one before Easy Rider, that biker film. That one, he got the idea from that as well and he pitched it to Peter. And you know, obviously, he pitched it to Corman but didn't want it, so
1: yeah. Yeah. It's because um, basically, I mean, essentially, this this would you know kill his career. He wouldn't make it. He wouldn't direct another film until Out of the Blue, which was um, you know, what was that like a good decade? 80, like,
2: yeah, mid eighties,
1: wasn't it? No, yeah,
2: nineteen eighty. Okay, nineteen eighty.
1: Which is actually getting a official release soon as well through BFI. So that's, yeah, like, I'm I mean, looking
0: forward to that one.
1: Same, a- another one that's just been a- apart from. Maybe a bargain bin DVD. Who knows if it's legit? Our local disc, and just one that's been really hard to come by. Like all of Hopper's, like this sort of era is just quite. I
2: know. I love Hop. Hopper's so good. I love him.
1: Yeah, he's he's amazing as an actor, and and yeah, it's a shame. Like he yeah. he did direct, but I mean, I think this yeah, really kind of um, yeah did blacklist him. Like you said, Kendall's kind of really um, didn't help for the next decade. Like. I mean he's directed a few like he's direct, like he directed Easy Rider, last movie, out of the blue. Uh, colors, which is I, I like Yeah. I love it's great Colors. Film.
0: Love colours.
1: Um really good one. Um Catch... yep. sorry, yeah, go on. Oh yeah, I was just saying Catch by a Hotspot and uh, the last one was Chasers. That's his last film that he directed. Mm.
2: So I was gonna say, in the American Dreamer, he kinda like um puts himself up with awesome wells. Because, like, his first direction of the debut, like, Easy Rider, Citizen Kane, big, huge films. The next film, The Magnificent Ambersons, and the last movie. Good films. No one fucking saw at all. Yeah. Brilliant directors. Great actors. They just were the rebels of their time.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: you're not wrong, Dennis. You're fucking,
1: yeah. It's funny, because I was watching it, and something that came to mind when I was watching it, I, I, I thought of Awesome Walls for some reason, because of the editing. I thought of F for Fake. Because that film mm-hmm. just has insane editing, like really just out there, sort of. Yeah,
0: editing.
1: yes. When I was watching uh, last movie, I, and that this was you know before I think just before f fake, but yeah, uh, I just I saw an interesting comparison in terms of you know Wells and and Hopper at the time were both you know, like I said sort of rebel, um, outlook mm. film industry. But look, uh, Kendall, what what do you think of overall? Do you what, what's your final rating on it? when do you think of the last movie?
2: I I think it's an unsung semi, semi masterpiece. It's not a masterpiece, it's an unsemi masterpiece. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh. I was saying I like it. I enjoy it. I I guess in a way I as sort of understand what he was trying to do, what he was trying to achieve. He was like making a movie for the movie making it like a dreamlike almost hmm. that probably confuse people um but as like an independent sort of underground film i think it's fucking
1: amazing uh, absolutely and i think i think us talking about like you know like <laughs> like because never like it, you know, if you're watching for the first time like the villagers like why are they making you know cameras out of sticks and, and
2: I'm also sorry to cut you off I would fucking love that as a prop. That camera like camera. prop is <laughs> looks amazing and I want it.
1: <laughs> and the boom mics. Yeah.
2: Yes, the oh, boom nice. mics. <laughs> the C th oh it's just mate no, I want if those props exist, I want them. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh that camera. That camera. Uh but no, because it's, like I said, it's got all this, this imagery and whatnot, but, but like I said, it has all these themes. Like I said, that, and I think, like you said, Tony, that it was kind of like a real-life experience almost that that Hopper's basing this off. So it's like if you didn't know that, you would be a bit, a bit confused by the film. You wouldn't really get what's going on. But um, I think, you know, talking about it, it makes a lot more sense. But I think that's why it's probably hated when it came out because I – well, I was going through some reviews at the time, Roger Ebert gave it one star, one out of four, which mm-hmm. is pretty, pretty low. Um, pretty weak. Yeah, yeah, he did not like it. Um, but yeah.
0: Leonard Moulton gave Leonard Maltin gave it one and a half out of four, so just a little bit, de- little bit more decent, and um,
1: yeah, being generous at the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, Letterbot did write, did write something interesting here. He calls it Hopper's fatally pretentious follow-up to Easy Rider is interesting only as a curio. Mm. I guess I guess that's accurate. It is definitely a curiosity piece, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I feel that. I, I can see where he's coming from.
1: Uh, well, at least it's nicer than Ebert's. Ebert said <laughs> Dennis Hopper, the last movie, is a wasteland of cinematic wreckage. Uh, there, are, there are... He's
2: all... always brutal, isn't he? Just, it's like he's writing a poem. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's like a teenager's poem.
1: Dear Diary, uh, there, are all... just... <laughs> so, there are all sorts of things you can say about it, using easy critical words to describe it as undisciplined, incoherent, a structural mess, but mostly it's just plain pitiful. <laughs> it sounds like
2: oh. a... Yeah, it sounds
1: like a shit poem by a fucking teenager. <laughs> no emo teenager. But... Yeah. <laughs> first ever poem. Brilliant. Wasteland. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Amazing. But yeah, they, they weren't nice. They weren't kind to this film. Um, but yeah, like I I, I like it. I, I I kind of with Tony. Like I'm a bit. It's not master. It's a flawed masterpiece. That's how I can see it. Like it. it mm. it's, don't get me wrong. Like it's. I see what Hopper's trying to do, and I think maybe if there was another edit of it, um, they, it could have it been uh, something, I don't know, maybe a little bit tighter with the editing, but I, I think, I see what he was doing, it, and I have to give it credit, because there was nothing quite like it in 1970, 71, quite like this film. I really can't think of any, um, because it's really, really out there, but I, I like it, and, and I think I think it's the type of film that, I'll uh i'll enjoy it with more watches because i saw it when i first got the disc and uh mm-hmm. i thought it was okay but the second time i enjoyed it more um and uh i th- yeah K- Kendall is this your second watch or, or, or uh second yes yeah same here same here yeah same watch tony was this your first
0: second is, second
1: as well yeah yeah i, I noticed that i don't know I, I seem to like it more on the second watch i don't know so maybe i just need to keep going back to it I'll, I'll notice things, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the, yeah, like I said, the, the critics were not, were not kind to it at all. And, um, yeah, didn't, didn't really make any money and it pretty much got shut down and buried essentially. So unfortunately,
0: all I can say is if you're interested in seeing, um, obscure cinema, I definitely recommend the last movie. It's something mm. that it's something yeah. that, uh, it, it it's definitely as Laird Malton wrote, a curiosity piece for sure. But um, you it's it's as we said, it's either a love it or a hate it affair. But if you are into the obscure, give it a go.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it is a love I hate because it it's funny because I went on my letterbox, and a lot of my friends were wildly split. Like uh, some of my friends were, were one star, and the other half were five stars. So yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was pretty wildly split down the middle, so, um, but yeah, it's it's challenging. It's unusual. it's it's visually stunning. so um, yeah, just just give it a go and and you may really enjoy it. Um, like like I said i I liked it so, but um yeah, give, give give it a go. so so cute, but um yeah, so the actual package itself, so there was a limited oh, yes. set. Um, I presume you've got it in your hands.. Um, yes.
2: Of 3,000, is this the
1: lowest um, set
0: that, number? I think. Oh, 3,000, I think, was the lowest, yes.
2: I don't know what else had 3,000.
1: Oh, you mean in the hard box? So. Like,
2: yeah, in the hard
1: box. Yeah, because I normally do like a five or six. Yeah, it's normally a five. Uh, um, so that's what the low one. I, I, think, I think maybe it would have been a bit of a. Maybe a bit of a, a gamble for Indicator because um mm. like I said it, sure it's Dennis Hopper, but it's it's a real relatively unknown film of his. But um I sold out.
0: So. It paid off because apparently this was one of the their quickest sellers, this one.
1: It was. It was. Um I think it sold out like like really quick around the time. Um what um so yeah, so basically so we've got the hard box itself, which is really cool. Um I, I like the the actual design. Uh, what do you guys think of the actual image of Dennis Hopper on the phone. Oh, it's a
0: good, it's a lovely image. It is a good one with that, um, with that blurry um, background of, of Peru. It looks mm-hmm. looks lovely. It looks quite nice. It, yeah. It,
1: it's a great photo. Yeah. I, I think it's a great photo. Um, and then, yeah, so, so it has the hard box. And then when you take it out, uh, well, I guess I was going to ask, what what number did you guys get with your set?
2: 1277.
1: I
0: got
1: one fifty nine. Oh. Number fifty. <laughs> number fifty. Okay. <laughs> on, on, on the dot. Uh, <laughs> number fifty. Uh. So uh. So yeah. So it's um. And then obviously you take it out and you have uh the case itself and there's another poster and, and Kendall there's that camera on the on the yeah
2: one. on the flip side of oh yeah on the poster too yeah I like the poster because it's like
1: both artworks yes the Film. yeah it's nice because um because you've got the other side which is on the outside of the box which is dinner hot, dinner top of it. obviously I, I presume that's an original poster art underneath with the camera so um yeah that is
0: the original poster art
1: yeah so it's, it's really really cool so just just a great the hard boxes are always top notch um but yeah so, um, we uh, do get a poster pop Yeah, it's the front cover and the
2: copper and the cameraman. The it's the flip side of your DVD. I think uh, it's yeah. The, yeah, the covers of your DVD.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, uh, it also comes with a with a book, and that's what I like about the hard boxes—the books. Um, but Kendall, you've been digging into this book. Um, maybe you could tell us a bit about the book. Like, I can i guess you went through some of the.
2: It is. I think it's mostly written by Alex Cox who on the disc there's a documentary what's it called? Scene Missing uh, a documentary directed by Alex Cox on the making of the last movie so Alex is a real big fan of this film for sure Um, he pretty much wrote most of it to be honest (laughs) it literally just says like where's the start of it? Scene Missing by Alex Cox and it's just like everything piece production, script yeah, it pretty much goes from every bit of production for this film, which is awesome. Like, the script, pre-production, finance, yeah. um, shooting. Yep. All that. It's... And all well, oh, um set photos as well, too, which that's is great.
1: All really awesome behind-the-scene photos, including that big camera, once again.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's a photo of, like, Peter Fonda, Joe Roski and Hopper, London Airport 1971, and they all have big fucking bushy beards dressed as cowboys. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, all behind the scenes photos, which is awesome. Um, what else? Yeah, it's just it's great. If you want a good oh, there's Thomas Milan, Sick at the Venice Film Festival. Um, yeah, if you just want like a good Yeah, there you go, distribution and blacklist.
1: Yep. And yeah, i the like some of the original promotional artworks and materials they tried to do for it.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So, if you want like a good history on the film, this booklet
1: must read. Because um, you mentioned Venice, like it got a claim at Venice when it played. Like. Yeah, it won. It won the best film. It yeah. won best film at Venice Film Festival. Yes. And it just says a lot about how Europeans viewed cinema back then to uh, the West. So, which is mm. a Western audience. So, yeah, which is it kind of says it all. Like it, you know, they appreciated it um but exactly. no it's an awesome awesome book and it's funny because alex cox is a big fan i was just thinking about this because alex cox he's become a bit of a an outlaw of cinema himself because like he did have his hollywood career now he's kind of just i don't know kind of shafted off um you know after making i think the film that it's funny because the film that I, I guess people say killed alex Cox's career very similar to um uh, dennis hopper was a western was that that acid western walker uh, ed harris uh, ed harris i think it was Walker. No, I have not. Yeah, it's it was this big, big like historical epic. Um I think I might have seen
2: the cover or something, but
1: it's actually yeah, it's actually Criterion, surprisingly, but it's like it's um uh, yeah, it was basically this it was it was meant to be like this this big historical epic, but it's interesting because it, it it's like the last movie. It's very disjointed, it's it's very unusual, it's very out there and and that. Uh, that was a big studio film that kind of sunk Alex Cox. So so I guess, I don't know, I think he might have a bit of affection because he had a similar sort of situation. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> mm.
0: Did you say that's on the Criterion Collection?
1: It is, yeah. It's an older DVD. Um, oh,
0: called... DVD. It hasn't got a Blu-ray release yet. No,
1: no. Yeah, I, I'm waiting. I'm dying for Walker to get an upgrade. That's Or maybe Indicator, if you're listening. To uh, <laughs> you give Walker... A Blu-ray. It's an Alex Cox film that needs a proper release. I love it. I think it's a really great film. But once again, it's kind of like last movie. It's very, it's out there. It's a very bizarre trip of a movie. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's uh, Alex Cox. He 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 likes a lot of Spanish cinema as well. So I can see why he's kind of uh, mm. tracked this one. But but yes. Um. But cool, yes. so that's booklet. Um. So sorry. I'm just going to grab mine. Um. So on the disc itself. Um. We have a 4K restoration, yep, mono. Uh, there's the Guardian interview with Dennis Hopper um, from 1990. It's 91 minutes. That's just audio. Um,
0: yeah, it's it's I, I heard it. It's the um it, it's 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 the, it's the audio. It goes it plays through through the movie, and it was quite a fascinating interview. They they just talked about the um about his career, and they talk about the last movie and how crazy it was with the with the um with the shooting and the editing and the release from Universal just it was it was was good listen to this to those stories with um with what's his name Derek Malcolm
1: yes excellent yeah I had a bit of a listen while I was doing a bit of tidying up I had it listening in the background so it it was a great comment it was a a really good um, good conversation. Um, so now yeah, that, that that's a great extra. And um, obviously, the other extra is the Dennis Hopper video introduction. Um, it, it's only two minutes. Uh, I, I presume you guys saw that very quickly. Yeah. She said, um, it. It seems like because what what I was reading it seems like he was this this was meant to get like a release like years ago, and that's why he did the intro because I think they were meant to do a release but never came out. But because um, it, it definitely is an old introduction, the way he described it. It kinda of sums it up. Um but yes. Yeah, the introduction from two thousand and seven. Ah, two thousand seven, yep. Oh yeah, it says it right there, two thousand and seven. Yep. Yep. Two minutes. Um then obviously the big extra is Seen Missing, which is a great fifty minute documentary by Alex Cox. Um it pretty much I think he tracked down everyone that was involved who's still alive. <laughs> like uh, the screenwriters, producers, uh, actors—it's—it's um, it's a really good look into how, um, you know, how the project came about, how Hopper essentially got screwed by by Universal, and um, how it didn't really get a release. So it's—it's it's, it's a great, great watch. The documentary. Did um, what do you guys think of the the doco? That was
0: uh, a really that was a really good documentary. I quite enjoyed that one. What about you,
2: Ryan? No, I haven't seen it, so I'm going to be watching it soon. I didn't get a
1: chance to
2: go for the speeches. Sweet.
1: No, no. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, definitely give it a watch. Um, uh, yeah. There's postcards from Peru. Um, actually, that was interesting. They actually went and interviewed a lot of the uh, Peruvian cast on set. So, um, and it shows some of the locations. So that's pretty cool. Extra eight um, millimeter onset footage. They actually, and you know, I actually had um, material that was shot on set uh, by the actors and, um, there's a dick cabot show interview which is seven minutes um dick cabot um he's a interesting chap with a dry sense of humor he's on mm-hmm. it um gets uh turns into freddy krueger on uh, elm street three uh, Ah
0: yes <laughs> uh
1: there's a restoration demo which is pretty cool um and a bunch of trailers so and yeah so i guess i guess any extras here that kind of
0: yeah, there, there was an extra I think you you missed um, some kind of genius documentary. Oh yeah, it's a 1986 30 minute documentary from Paul Joyce. That was a that was a I quite liked that one. An interview with um, with Hopper talking about his career from the fifties to nineteen eighty when it was went out of the blue. That was the last thing it was mentioned, and they talked about Night Tide. They talked about. uh the uh, Sons of Katie Elder, and of course, Easy Rider and the last movie. So, that, yeah, I quite enjoyed that um, interview.
1: Yes. That's... I completely forgot about that. Yes, that's a great extra.
2: So, you're yeah. saying that um, there's a documentary called Along for the Ride about Dennis Hopper 2, which is an hour and a half, which I came out like 2016, that I really want to see. And All I'm right. sad that I missed.
1: I want to see it too. Uh, Ooh. It's it's funny because you just mentioned it. This is our second hopper discussion after Night Tide. This is our second on, on the cast. Yeah, it is. So that's kind of funny. Um, along for the ride. Yeah, interesting. I I didn't see this this Docker. I, I really want to see it now.
2: Mm. I still have to see the Hal Ashby Docker because I just love Hal Ashby. And it's just got Hal. Yeah,
0: it's I haven't famous. seen. It. I haven't seen it yet. That well. well.
2: I want to though. Came out two years ago, I think. Two, three years ago.
0: Mm.
1: I want to see that too. And I think how I don't know was... where um, it is on where I can see it. Yeah, I yeah, know it came out because how I think all of those like like hell was kind of like Hopper. Like yeah, he was a hippie. Um, you know, made great films. They sort of had a that it was just like just an amazing time for for cinema that. The seventies, just incredible. Yeah, I know. Beautiful
2: time. I still have to see the bloody ducko on fucking um, Dick Miller as well.
1: Yes, I really want to see that because um, he, that guy, yeah, oh, he he, he's, that man's perfect.
0: Oh, Dick Miller, he's awesome.
1: He was in, he was in like everything. Dick Miller. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sure. don't
2: know me, but you love me. You know,
0: what's yeah. funny, though, when I used to watch, when I saw Joe Dante's movies, and then, because um, he's in every single Joe Dante film, and yeah. whenever I see, whenever I see uh, Dick Miller on screen, I said, oh, look, there's the, there's the Joe Dante guy. He's in every, <laughs> every, single, every single movie without fail, even up to his last one. Um, what's it called? Um, Burying uh-huh.
2: My Ex. Oh, Bury My Ex, yeah.
0: Yeah, Dick Miller was in that, too. I couldn't believe it. <laughs>
1: That
2: surprised me. I know. Actually, I recently um, rewatched Small Soldiers, and I'm
1: like, "Yay, Dick!" <laughs> I love that film. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a great Dante one. Saw that one when I was young. Mm. a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess like that's the last movie um, package overall. Like once again, top set from Indicator. Um, yeah. What do you guys think of the actual overall? package I mean, it's, it's, they always go above and beyond shall we
0: as say. always yes john they do go beyond oh. above and beyond and um, with delicate care with the, with this package it's great I, I love it
2: i like the photo that they use for it and that goes all around because it's a nice like calm pastelish kind of color just very calming to like look at the yeah. blurred scenery so exactly. i'm like oh
1: I, I love that. Yeah, you know, I love the cover. So I said, uh, I the and and that once again. That's what I love about indicator is that these hard boxes. You can take the paper sleeve off, and you just have a piece of art. Like you don't need to. Yeah, you know, there's no no there's no text. There's no font. Just mm. so, yeah, no, it's a great it's a great design, and it goes all the way around. Um, no, very very cool set. So yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, look, um, it is out of print. Um, the limited one. There is a standard edition, so sorry, we've been talking up the limited one so much, but you can't and it's it. Um I think I'm presuming it's as always pretty much the same, just just minus the packaging. um yeah
0: guessing. yeah, same content, except the book and the poster, of course, and the packaging is just a regular blu-ray cover. Yep.
1: Yes. Gotcha. Well, if you if you you can obviously still get that release, it's still available. Um, and uh, yeah, the limited set it, you will have to hunt down if if you are after it. But uh, yeah, just just a yeah, you know, great package. Great. And, and I was going to ask about about the um the actual transfer itself. It's it looked pretty stunning. The restoration, like the actual, like like I said, the scenery looks pretty incredible. With
0: that, it looked beautiful. Yeah. It looked really beautiful, and especially after watching that movie and then seeing the restoration demonstration feature wow it was impressive
1: and uh it it was only available like on low quality like tape bootlegs for years and to see (laughs) at a day so yeah unbelievable cool i guess that's it um all right. Well, I guess we'll uh, see you all then. Thank you for listening to this episode, and uh, we will be back soon with a very exciting episode.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I think everyone may know what that is because I have looking f- looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> going to be a big one so uh yeah we're, we're just going to plan that one out and uh we're going to have uh yes we, we won't spoil it but it's been hinted on the group what it is the next episode but it's going to be this one in just before um before the the big episode so we'll I'll get this up before so um before we we do the the main event in a week's time so cool, cool.
2: beautiful
1: cool. all right i guess that's it uh i guess we'll see you all then and uh yeah thank you for listening
0: yes
2: thank you for listening
0: thank you see you guys see ya